Yeah, well, you lie down uh, that uh, any time at night after dinner, and yeah, the threat is that you're pretty much going to fall asleep. Woke up at 1 o'clock and went, all right, guess I'll just go to bed. <laughs> it is Thursday, uh, July 14th, 2022. I'm Steven Sersky. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, almost at the end of the week for most people, although the teachers that I'm seeing around, they're enjoying their 10 weeks of vacation and uh, it was, it did cross my mind today that, uh, you know, maybe a job switch wouldn't be such a bad thing. But, I again, I, I'm still not convinced, to tell you the truth. Uh, there's, uh, with my HSK5 test coming up soon, I'm able to uh, concentrate a lot of time, focus a lot of energy on uh, developing, uh, you know, working on the Chinese language, as well as you know, uh, work, working out uh, twice a day, and then uh, developing some of these other projects that are uh, that I've been able to uh, do over the last couple of months. So, yeah, uh, but that the reason that it sort of came up again today uh, actually wasn't because I met the teachers who are on this luxurious 10 weeks of vacation that they get, and they get paid apartments and a healthy salary. Um, it was because I, I was... This morning, I actually went out for a bike ride, uh, and I haven't. I, I was thinking about doing this for a while. I've been thinking about getting my own bike, um, specifically so I could ride around uh, the streets of Beijing, like uh, the ring roads and stuff like that. Apparently, it would only take about an hour and a half to do the second ring road, and maybe two hours, two and a half hours to do a third ring road, um, which I thought would be kind of like a good alternative. Uh, rest day sort of thing. It would be like my alternative workouts. So like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, or like Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday would be like running and stuff like that. Then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday could be bike rides sort of thing. So I went out for a bike ride today. I took one of the uh, Alipay bikes and uh, went for an hour. And I, I initially I was going to go in the direction like northwards but I'm like that's going with all the traffic into the city that seems like a really bad idea so if I go south or even east then it shouldn't be as bad and I was right uh, you saw the uh, the traffic going in towards uh, the downtown area of uh, the city but uh, heading back towards me so I went south and then east a little bit turned around uh, and then I tried to go through Dawanglu, and that was a mistake. <laughs> That's where I saw an accident um, happen and everything. No one was hurt. It was just a couple of bikes that bumped, a, you know, a bit of a crunch. Uh, but uh, And then, yeah, just people all over the place. So went out for an hour-long bike ride, and I, I managed to get as far as uh, the Beijing University of Technology, BUT, I think. And I bring this one up because... Uh, they have a stadium there that uh, I just managed to... I, I didn't know this place was there, but on, along my bike ride, I came around and I see this Beijing 2008. I'm going, what? What is what is this lost venue? Uh, <laughs> this seems a little out of place here, but, you know, 14 years later, it's still standing. Uh, and I guess it was one of the venues for the Beijing 2008 uh, Summer Olympics. And riding by, and I get back to my apartment. And actually, I was riding by. I was like, "This looks kind of nice and everything." And normal university people are going in and out, so life seems to be normal again. Um, but uh, when I got back, I got thinking. I'm like, "Well, what if you know it's July? Usually, it would be very late to apply for university positions. But given the COVID, given the the lack." of available resources and the the 
difficulty of bringing people over, it might still be okay to apply for some of these positions. So I Googled it. <laughs> Googled Beijing University of Technology, and sure enough, they had an opening, uh, or one or two of them anyway. Um, but it wasn't just them. There's actually quite a few universities that had posted openings uh, throughout this past couple of months. And I guess the deadlines were April, May, April. So again, is it late or is it one of these things you got to throw your hat in the ring? And if you're available and willing, uh, then uh, it might just actually uh, pay off for you in that in that regard, right? I mean, even if you don't get the job, one of the things that you can do is eliminate a possibility, right? And I think that's very important as well, is that uh, and, and sometimes this is maybe what you have to do, uh, especially as a an expat um, English teacher or as an expat on an annual or biannual contract basis. You're always kind of looking around, you know, sniffing out the next opportunity. And even if you don't aren't serious about getting the job, I mean, you're serious in looking for other work, uh, other opportunities. You're open to the idea. But uh, it might be that uh, all you need to do is find out that that place isn't a good fit, right? Uh, Redmond University also popped up. They had a, um, a, uh, a couple of positions open as well, I think. And this is for ESL instructors. So this is in the language, the English language department. Um, other professors, other uh, teachers, uh, different positions. I, there, there are th those, of course, but they require either like, master's degrees in those dis disciplines or PhDs. And by no means would I would get a D, uh, get a uh, PhD to go teach at a university. I I I I've thought about it before. Not going to happen just yet. <laughs> That's I was actually thinking a PhD is something you can do later on in life. You know when you've sort of I don't know I don't want to say given up, but uh, you've sort of done a lot of other uh, jobs. You have some experience, and that way you can focus a couple of years. It'll give you some uh, something to do a mental stimulation. Um, and that you can spend your time not worrying about the money, you know, and being placed and finding tenure, you know, and playing that game. Instead, you can do it for the value of what it is and then, you know, be able to go wherever you need to go sort of thing. Um, but anyway, that's a different argument altogether. I'm not sure if I mentioned... Um, the 10 jobs that I saw other uh, foreigners doing or expats doing uh, here in Beijing. I tweeted this out over the, the weekend, but I'm not sure if I ever mentioned it. Uh, so in this looking around uh, at the university jobs, I was thinking, you know, are there, I know people are talking about other jobs. <laughs> this is not uh, foreign. Uh, this is not uh, by no means, this is not a taboo topic at all. I think a lot of people are thinking about it, uh, making the change, and just sort of waiting for the right thing to pop up. So 10, 10 jobs. Oh, sorry, it's actually 12. I wrote down 12. Uh, ESL teacher uh, or a subject teacher at an international school. So those are the ones that are paying uh, 40,000 renminbi per month. Uh, subsidized housing. The couple that I talked to said that they were getting 14,000 a month uh, for their apartment, but they have a family. Uh, and then they get 10 weeks of vacation, which is very hard to argue with, to tell you the truth. Um, but you do have to show up for your job every day, right? And you do actually have to make preparations and stuff like that. Uh, number two, voiceover actors. Uh, you'll remember that uh, Kay Gambit and Donnie Fan were on my uh, podcast a couple months ago. They also participated in that as well. 
acting, low budget or commercial acting. Uh, I've seen uh, not advertisements, but I've talked to a few actors as well. Uh, and there is some work to be done, surprisingly. Uh, not just for, you know, beautiful Russian women. It's like there's acting jobs for a lot of different uh, roles, a lot of different people. Uh, and you don't always have to be the most talented, to tell you the truth. You do have to be comfortable with a camera, uh, like being on you sort of thing. You have to be um, willing and able to say the words that they tell you. They'll give you a script usually, and then, you know, uh, they will just expect you to say it sort of thing. <laughs> Deliver it as you would any other sort of speech. Bartending? Uh, not as much anymore. That's sort of gone by the wayside since a lot of the students are gone. Um, but bartending, like I look at Jing A, I look at Slowbo. Um, Slowbo always is, is always hiring. <laughs> Actually, that's sort of a flag to me. If a company is always hiring, it kind of says something about their operations, to tell you the truth. Filmmaker, uh, I've ran into a few of these. There was sort of a smattering that happened, uh, although we usually met these folks in, was it Jinan or Zhengzhou? Uh, I can't remember, but... Uh, one of those places seemed to have a, a larger pro, a proportion of filmmaking students, like directors, uh, filmmakers, uh, DOPs, director of photographies, and things like that. Um, but those were all Chinese. Now, filmmakers here in Beijing, foreigners, they've also been doing it as well. So they, uh, um, I know there's a few people who run their own media companies, and I'm part of a couple of groups that also uh, talk about the different things that are going on. Although no one's ever recruiting, and no one seems to be asking for help. So that, but they are, they discuss the, some of the things that they are doing in the city. Management, uh, that's corporate. So let's say I've done, I've done one ESL teacher, number two voiceover actors, number three acting, four bartending. I jumped ahead here. Number seven was filmmaker. Five uh, is uh, management. Uh, so this is corporate, though. Uh, and of course, there were. And once you get into management, I'm not sure if these folks were actually MBA holders, like if they're holders of actual business or managerial degrees, or if they're, you know, they specialized in a subject at university. And then took, you know, one of those online classes <laughs> that teaches you the principles of management. And then the company says, well, he's a trained manager, which is true in very, very um, sketched out wording. <laughs> you kind of have to take a, a bit of a, uh, take it with a great assault, I guess you could say. Or employee plus, I guess you could call them employees plus, employees plus management certificate. But yeah, so the but the ones who are working for larger corporations, uh, like I'm talking like Mercedes. Uh, there's one guy who works for an aerospace company, um, like an aerospace aerospace parts company. So those ones, no doubt, they have not just a university degree, but they also have some sort of management experience, like overseas, and they were sent here, or they were asked to come here. And so they're living the gorgeous life that it is being an expat manager. I remember meeting the guys who, there was at least two guys I met who were working for Universal Studios before it opened. I think I mentioned, I talked about these guys before. And I mean, they were living living in service departments in Guomao. Uh, and those apartments, they're priced at 40,000 RMB per month for rent. But they're fully serviced, fully furnished and everything. 
Uh, and then, of course, their, their uh, regular salary on top of that, plus pickups to and from uh, work and everything. So very nice job, very schmick job, as the Aussie would, Aussies would say. Uh, but uh, those, I remember looking at those jobs when I was back in Canada. Like, you, in order to get those jobs, you have to work in a job for so long, and then the position might come up to go to China, to go somewhere else, right? And then you take that position. It's not like you're backpacking around the world and then happen upon being a manager in China. That doesn't seem to have happened to us. <laughs> At least I haven't met anybody who's done that just yet. Would be interesting to know. Number six, beer brewer. Uh, Beijing is no stranger to the craft beer scene. Uh, whether this continues, I'm not sure. I've noticed more Chinese people getting in on the uh, the game. So whether or not it, there's still room for a foreigner running a, um, a craft beer pub here, craft beer um, company, not entirely sure, but it does happen. Uh, so number seven was a filmmaker. Number eight, stunt personnel or trainer. Uh, this is a, uh, one of the guys runs a gym out of, it's nearby San Latour, and he does a lot of the uh, fight training for uh, movies and so the, the way that you fight in a movie is not how you actually fight it's a it's a glorified sort of step-by-step uh, -step process that you have to go through and it's all very um, carefully marked and uh, measured out and every timed and everything and the way that you fall or take hits and stuff like that all has to be done in a very specific way and he talks about it um, so one of the he does run uh, courses. He, run, he runs boot camps every couple of uh, months, but I guess COVID sort of wiped that out recently. Um, this is not the same as like Krav Maga. There is a Krav Maga gym here as well where they uh, will teach you self-defense, but I'm not sure if he might be Vietnamese. I can't remember that guy who runs the Krav Maga place, but the stunt training, that's an Aussie bloke, and he uh, they are... It's a different... He, he can teach fighting as well, but he does a lot of stunt work for movies. Uh, number nine, self-defense training. Oh, there you go. Krav Maga. Uh, so I, th I think this guy, I think he's not from China. I'm not entirely sure, but um, there are two or three schools here in in Beijing. Two different schools, I think. And there's also Thai boxing. So there's a couple of guys uh, who have come over either from Thailand or they're from another country and they've been to Thailand, or they've fought, uh, maybe not so much MMA, but Muay Thai, and that seems to be another uh, big thing to do um, if you're going to be in, you know, combat arena. Number 10, Doeen personality. Oh, I can't remember this guy's name. He's a black dude, uh, but his Chinese is Fei Cheng Hao. My girlfriend's watched his videos, and she's like, yeah, no, he's very good fluent sort of thing and he does these videos and they're kind of like comedic videos and it usually starts with hey ma he's talking to his mom and then he goes into these little skits of like whether it's chinese food or chinese drinking or how chinese people do some things uh so it's kind of amusing ah, and i'm sure you know who i'm talking about he's actually pretty famous uh he's not the same as what was it dashan that's the canadian guy but this guy, he's uh, he's newer on the scene. He's the last couple of years, and he's on he's on Douyin. Um, so you do Douyin presentations. There are recruitment ads for uh, broadcast personnel if that's what you'd be interested. Uh, number eleven, copy editor, proofreader. These are you gotta kind of know who to talk to to get these. I think because uh, they are either that or just hang out on those freelancer websites like Fiverr or Upwork. But I don't think Fiverr is very good to tell you the truth. I was on there a couple weeks ago. It's it's not what it's 
is cracked up to be. It just doesn't seem, and the stock price has been plummeting for years. Um, but those ones, they are there. I'm not sure how easy they are to find and how lucrative they'd be sort of thing if, if they're stable or if they're not. And number 12, journalist. This has come up. There's actually been a few people, um, one girl I know, uh, Russian. She used to work for the Russian-Chinese translation uh, department of Xinhua. Uh, and that, that was, but and her Chinese was very good as well. Uh, and her English, of course. Uh, but um Something like that, I think you'd have to be looking, you'd have a job, you'd have a sort of a background in at university or something, and then make your way into that um, later on sort of thing. So again, number one, ESL teacher, international school, number two, voice actors, number three, acting, number four, bartending, number five, management, number six, beer brewer, number seven, filmmaker, number eight, stunt personnel, number nine, self-defense training, number 10, doing personality in Mandarin, number 11 is a copy editor or proofreader, and number 12 is a journalist. So all that being done, I will put those uh, up on my website so you guys can take a look at that as well. Other than that, today I did spend uh, quite a bit of time on uh, Chinese, about five or six hours going through chapters 18 to 30 in that second book that I have. And uh, it's so I went through all the, I reviewed the grammar, uh, the vocab, I touched on the grammar, and I went through all the, uh, the collocation graphs, uh, just translating the words I wasn't familiar with. Um, tomorrow I'm hoping to go through the last few chapters and then also start reviewing and then probably do another one or two uh, practice tests as well. Half Murph again tomorrow morning. Got to remember to hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Uh, it is pretty hot out there and I do see fewer people working out. Maybe they're going to the gym or maybe they're just not doing it. Watching Don Draper on Mad Men. You ever watch this show? Uh, I never, I've, I tried to watch a couple episodes. It was too slow for me. But there's a guy at work who likes it. I'm like, all right, I'll just watch the clips. You know? <laughs> and down the rabbit hole, the YouTube rabbit hole, it went. Where I was uh, just watching these Don Draper clips. And I think the, the one is about the Lucky, struck, uh, lucky Strike Tobacco. And it's interesting to look back at a time when smoking was considered okay. And the health problems that people were having, like the breathing problems, it was because of pollution increased urban density and stuff like that. It wasn't smoking. It was, no, smoking doesn't hurt you. Um, well, <laughs> they do. So there's this one scene where the tobacco companies are like, yeah, well, we're getting this bad press. You know, our, our cigarettes are poisonous. And he's like, well, what if theirs are poisonous, yours are toasted? <laughs> that doesn't change the hell of content of it, does it? But uh, there you go. It's all marketing. And so, yeah, that was uh, pretty much um, my <laughs> my day looking at that. If you guys haven't had a chance to uh, watch some of those Don Draper clips, um, he's pretty... I guess he's... Uh, Mad Men itself is a pretty uh, well-known show. Um, but, uh, I mean, I've, I've never really gotten into it. And I try not to watch too many of these serial TV shows. Can you watch one, then you feel like you almost have to watch them all sort of thing. Um, the only one that I'd like to see come back is House of Cards, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I still have to finish watching The Sopranos. I think I have one more season of that, and I still have to finish watching uh, Vikings as well. Uh, but every time I watch Vikings or Sopranos, it's like that, that urge to have a beer or wine or a shot sort of creeps in. So it's kind of like, you know what? I don't need to watch these just yet. Uh, maybe I can watch them in the morning. That way I won't feel the need to have a shot or <laughs> who knows if that would actually figure it solve anything, right? <sighs> All right, I'll leave you with that question. Looking ahead, how often should you change jobs? What do you think? Every couple of years as an expat? 
I mean, given that we are expats, does it happen very much? I mean, you see people leaving. I see, see a few more people leaving this week. I don't know. What's the story? All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes, tracks, and vids up on my website, stevensersky.com. Hope you guys are having a great week so far. Stay cool out there. And we'll talk again. Bye-bye.